0: All right, welcome to the show. This is Noah Elias with my guest Pam Jordan. Welcome to the show, Pam.
1: Hey, you Noah, know <laughs> thanks so much.
0: Yeah, so glad that you're here. And uh, hey, this show is creating a life by design, and a big part of um, a big part of my strategies when it comes to being an entrepreneur and a creative, and building this life by design. A part of that is finances. And man, if you really want to get people's attention, start talking about their pocketbook. Uh, The other big topic is uh, people's time. So we talk about time, we talk about talent, and we talk about treasure a lot in my world and the folks that I help coach and mentor. And today I've got Pam on the show and I'm so excited because not only she's a great friend, but she is also my CFO. And we're, we are going to be sharing strategies that you can use today, all about, you know, mastering finances and really what it means to do stewardship. Stewardship means what you're entrusted with. Uh, You've got resources that you've been entrusted with while you're here on earth. And during this time that you're here, you will be accountable for what you did with it. And so I couldn't be more excited to have Pam on to share a lot of what's worked for us, what works for her and her clients. And, um, uh, why it's such a great fit and why I continue to use Pam. It's awesome. Um, I want, I want to start out the show by saying a few things. One, thank you everybody that's been watching and listening to the show. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure, uh, doing life with you guys, the comments, the way that this content's helping you. You can really, uh, stay in tune with us and keep track by hitting the subscribe button, leave a comment down below and share it with with others that you know could use this information. We're here to the whole reason why I built this show wasn't for entertainment. Uh, it's really about helping you become more strategic. A life by design. It takes planning. So I'm going to start out, Pam, with um, you know hearing a little a little bit of your story and what helped you start pivot your group. Uh, but I do want to start with this this claim that is I think w- such a wonderful uh, statement that uh, you made, and it was this. It's not what you make, it's what you actually keep. Um, And we know that top line revenue or gross numbers, we hear a lot of people kind of peacocking and saying, man, I'm bringing in, you know, 15 million this year or six figures this year or whatever, but that's not necessarily what went in your pocket and that's a vanity metric. So uh, we're here to uh, pull the curtain back on the reality of what it means to master your finances and stewardship. And I'm going to let Pam share her story. So Pam, tell us a little bit of how it started. What brought you into the world of finance and how Pivot came to birth?
1: Yeah, awesome. So the short version is um, I worked for a general contractor, actually, um, over 13 years, 99 employees, multiple million dollar company doing pretty large contracts. But unfortunately, the owner stopped paying attention to his numbers. He got hmm. distracted and um, he was out doing other things instead of running the company and not watching the budgets and the cash flow. And he saw money in the bank and he thought it was his and spent it. And ultimately, we had to file bankruptcy. Oh, and wow. it was absolutely devastating um, mm. because we had to, you know, I had to find jobs for my guys and I had to negotiate yeah. with vendors and um, the owner emotionally and physically was not well because of all this. And so I was the one that was in court being sworn in and, and mm. dealing with the lawyers and the bankers and all of that. And ultimately, we did have to close the doors of the company. Um, but what it did is it helped me realize that I have a skill set and a gift that can help entrepreneurs never have to be in that courtroom again. And yeah. so that's when I created Pivot Business Group because I wanted to help entrepreneurs have numbers they could trust, understand, and build a company that brought freedom, not tragedy, Tragedy, and, yeah. and built the, the life that they want based on who they are. So my company, uh, we've been in business for over seven years now. I have 10 amazing women that work for me on my team. Mm. We do mm. bookkeeping. We do tax strategy, tax filing, and CFO strategy, cash flow management. So we yeah. we have a lot of fun. We help a lot of companies.
0: Well, you, you do an amazing job at it. Um, let's talk about the entrepreneur for a minute. Um, what do you think takes out entrepreneurs overall when it comes to numbers? Because for me, I've realized that you know you've got – Somebody's got to be looking at your numbers like you said before. And I I think that it's, they don't think they can afford it. And my saying is you can't afford not to have a CFO. Even a virtual CFO like at the lowest level, somebody doing looking at on the books and it's so easy these days. Speak into that a little bit of really what takes out an entrepreneur when it when it comes to finances.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think there's a couple things that come come as factors in that. I think there's a lot of unfortunate shame and guilt around numbers for entrepreneurs because they assume that because they're the business owner, they should know everything. They should mm. understand their finances. But most entrepreneurs, most creatives haven't gone to you know business school, aren't accountants, don't have a letters after their name that explain you know, that they can understand a financial statement. And so what I find is a lot of entrepreneurs are almost ashamed of their numbers. And so they Mm. just work hard to sell. They're like, look, I can sell myself out of this. So they just sell and sell. Right. 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 right? Yes. Right. Yeah. And they're like, I'll just work, I'll work harder. Exactly. My numbers won't matter if I just sell more. And the problem is a lot of times entrepreneurs don't understand their numbers and selling more just gets you broke faster. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's right,
1: and they don't under they don't understand because they don't have someone on their team translating numbers tell a story, and if you don't have someone translating that story for you, how can you know the right decisions to make? Um, mm. There's a creative that we've worked with in the past that he came to us and he had this mentality of, "Well, look, I'm good at what I do, my clients love my work, I'll just build more websites." I'm like, "Okay, well, let's see." And so we dove in and we looked, and I was like, "Dude." Every website you build, you're losing money. Stop just building more websites, because yes. he didn't understand what his true costs were. And so we right. immediately had to tell him, "Look, you need to increase your prices today, or you're going to be broke. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't understand what your costs are, you can you can't sell your way out of the problem. And so yeah, when it, yeah, go ahead.
0: and it's similar to like this. It's similar to the idea that uh, folks that have like a drop ship fulfillment business they they don't take all the costs. They're, they're kind of in the vanity metrics is what I call it. You know, they're really excited about the enamorment of like, Oh, I'm in business. I'm an entrepreneur. I opened up my website. I'm like, bro, did you take into factor the price of tape of a cardboard box of what it costs for tissue paper, the labor to stand there and box that sucker, the, like every single, every single aspect of it is what you reveal to me of like, listen, You got to get down to the nitty gritty of the numbers into the underbelly of what's really going on.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. And so entrepreneurs just get so busy running their company and they have shame and guilt around the numbers and they just don't understand them. So they ignore them and they think Mm. money in the bank is their money. And that's not the case.
0: That's one of the greatest things that we're going to be able to talk about on the show right now is... Um, I want to talk about three specific things. One, measuring and managing chaos. Number two, what is the purpose of the company? And then three, the blueprint for allocations based on this whole idea of profit allocations. I know it sounds like a big kind of idea, but we will unpack that and make it really simple. Um, But going back to this whole idea of um, just working harder, making more money, not looking at the numbers of shame, what is the best way that an entrepreneur could stop and kind of like turn themselves in as it relates to the shame and the guilt. What is your recommendation at least starting the process of, okay, I'm open. Where would they start? And what do you even have to offer that could help them as we begin this conversation? Because I had to start somewhere a long time ago. Um, and so the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. <laughs> so exactly. I want to he- help everybody that's listening and watching. It, it, you got to get started at least right now. So let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Sure. So if there's someone out there listening who feels that pressure of and and guilt and shame of, ah, you know, I should be doing better. I should have more money. I should be paying myself more. I don't know what I don't know where to start. The first thing is just get just raise your hand and say, I don't know. And Mm -hmm. never am am I going to make someone feel bad. Look, I'm not good at marketing. This is why I don't do it. Right. For yeah. some reason, everyone thinks, oh, everyone should do accounting. Right. Like, you know, Noah, what you're good at. So you do those yes. things.
0: That's Administrative
1: right. stuff might not be it, which means Noah yep. doesn't do those things. And so right. for an entrepreneur to just accept, look, you don't have to be a baller at accounting, be yeah. a baller at what you do and raise your hand and ask for help for someone to come forward and help you with accounting. So as far as that goes, what we do is we do an initial analysis. And this is where we dig into the numbers. We talk to the entrepreneur, we look at their taxes and we figure out, can we trust the numbers? Is, are your book, are your books current? Are they accurate? Are you reconciling? You'd be amazed Mm -hmm. over 90% of the companies that come to us, I call their books a dumpster fire. And it doesn't matter what size they are. And it's because mm. they thought, oh, it's being taken care of. Oh, I've got a person for that. But in fact, you don't. Most of the time, mm. the person who's handling the numbers doesn't know what they're doing. And yeah. it needs some level of cleaning up. Um, yeah. I have story after story of people come in to me saying, oh, I've got it under control. And we go in there and I'm like, actually, you don't
0: for various mm-hmm.
1: reasons. So mm-hmm. we do an analysis to look at how's the bookkeeping. And then we look at the the company financial analysis from a CFO perspective. How's your cash flow? How's your sales? How's your profit? Are you ready to scale? And we have metrics that we have in place. So it's, it's immediate. Here are things that we as CFOs can recommend to help you. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. we also do a tax assessment where we look at, okay, what's some low-hanging fruit to help you save on taxes? Because- Most of people only have a tax tax like filer. They don't actually have a tax strategist. And if you have a tax filer, all they're doing is taking your numbers, putting them in software and spitting out how much you owe the IRS. A tax Mm. strategist works alongside you to say, here's where you are now. Are you okay with that or not? And if not, Let's move forward with any of these options. And so that's what we do is we come up with, okay, we can do this, 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 or this, and that will have a huge impact on your tax savings. And it's just because people aren't proactive. A lot of CPAs and tax preparers aren't trying to help you reduce your taxes. They're just trying to help you file your taxes. So Mm -hmm. we do that initial analysis to look at you from full perspective. And there's no blame. It's not like you got a D on your report card. It is what it is. But also, here's how we can help you get where you want to go.
0: That's amazing. So um, let me just tell you what brought me to PAM. And I think it's going to be very helpful for everybody to have that permission and that freedom. Um, I had been running my business for over close to 25, 30 years, had accountants, had CPAs, running books and all that. Listen to a book, uh, profit first, which was awesome, but then was really praying about it. To be honest with you, Um, I'm a firm believer in the who, not how, um, you know, methodology, this whole idea that says, you know, can I do my books? Totally. Should I? Not if I can be laying golden eggs, making more art and making more assets and writing more books and teaching people. That's the best spot for me to be in who is going to be in my life that's going to be, um, alongside to help me steward and shepherd the brand and help grow it so that I can do what I do best. So I kept praying about it, kept praying about it. And I can't remember how, to be honest with you, I think I was just seeking out. Um, Pam, uh, came into my life and it was basically this idea that basically said, you've got all the right momentum. You've got all the right ingredients. Um, And you've got all the right, um, grit, like, you know, we're, we're headed someplace with all of this, but I also had this weight that was on me as I prayed about my company that listen, I want to be able to use the business as a machine to underwrite the kingdom. You know, everybody's got a different purpose and why behind their business. And that's one of the things that I love about Pam is she, the first question that she asked was, what is the goal and the purpose of your enterprise, your business? Is it to sell it or is it to use it as an engine for generosity? And I said, the latter is uh, for generosity. I'm never going to retire from what I'm doing. And so I want to be able to not only get the house in order, I want to optimize the businesses and then I want to scale them exponentially. Now there's an interesting thing that comes in in this process. When you grow up for so many years with paradigms that are warped, Ruts in thinking and mindsets. Here's one: Don't make too much money, otherwise you'll just pay more in taxes. We've heard that a lot. I cannot tell you how many entrepreneurs that try to make the bare minimum so that they don't pay more in taxes. And the best thing that I can share with you guys today is this: is when I deal with entrepreneurs, my number one question is, "How much money do you want to make?" And that's a test. And they always say, oh, I'd love to make 10 grand a month and my life would be solved. And I'm like, funny how everybody's got 10 grand as the number. (laughs) But uh, your answer should be as much as possible. Because it's hard to give radical generosity to underwrite those things which are eternal and have purpose from a scarcity poverty mindset. So the first and foremost thing with working with Pam was, boom, let's rip the bandaid off the ceiling. And the limitations that were put upon myself from whether it be upbringing or whatever, artists can't make money, creatives can't make money, all of that got blown off and it was sky's the limit. It was, we're not just going to 10X, we're going to 100X, we're going to 1,000X the business. We're going to go into profit margins that are so ridiculously insane. It was like you let the, the thoroughbred out of the gate, right? We can finally run. And- I've said this to so many believers that are entrepreneurs that say, um, my business is a ministry, my ministry is my business, but then they try to bob and weave the gospel in and out of their business and trying to make the least amount. And I'm like, guys, it's going to cost you more money trying to keep God out of your business than it is to just make him a full-fledged partner. Most of the time, we've made him a silent partner asking him to bless our business, right? But the moment that Pam came in and we, one, got the house in order, two, define the purpose of what the business is all about in terms of using it as a, an underwriter for the kingdom. And then three, allocations. The, the exponential growth went off the scale for our companies when we did allocations with a profit first mentality. And here's why. Your typical trap as an entrepreneur is everything into one bucket and i'm going to let pam expand on it of this rant that i just did because i'm a practitioner i'm smoking what i'm selling i'm literally living everything we're talking about here right and i'm so pumped for you guys to get this freedom because when you get order and when you get structure and when you get a system that you can build into that's when it can grow and it can it can scale but the first point is measuring and managing chaos if you're not stepping on the scale I mean, Pam and I are meeting every month. If you're not stepping on the scale to look at the numbers and to measure and then have somebody else doing them for you, you are managing chaos. And then if you're putting everything into one bucket, whatever goes in that bucket, I'm going to guarantee you, you'll spend. You think it's all yours. So I'm going to let Pam kind of dissect this whole idea of first measuring and managing chaos versus stepping on the scale and having order and structure. And then uh, we'll kind of talk about what this looks like. But yeah, let's talk about purpose, measurement, and then allocations, that's kind of the three-step process, but we had to get the house in order.
1: Yeah, definitely. Because I can't help you get to where you want to go if I don't know where you've been. Mm. As a CFO, my perspective is forward-looking. I'm You're driving the car, you're driving the business. I'm sitting here saying, okay, Noah, where do you want to go? I've got yeah. a map, but I need to know where we've been to help you drive to you know, Toronto yeah. or... Orlando or wherever, right? And so having your house in order is imperative because if I don't know a baseline of what we're dealing with, I can't help advise you on what to do next, what improvements to make. And so that's why our first step is that analysis because it's the checkup of here's where you are. And then also, okay, what's important to you? Because we have clients all over the spectrum where they just want a lifestyle business and they're not kingdom minded and they just want nice cars and vacations. Fantastic. Mm -hmm.
0: Good Mm -hmm. for
1: them. We have other people who their whole purpose is kingdom mindset and impact, you know, impact for the church and, and for, um, you know, organizations that they believe in. Fantastic. Like we've got the whole gamut, but if I don't know what's important to you, I can't help draft a plan to help you get there. And so it's imperative to know what's important. And we do have clients that want to scale and exit. Fantastic. The game to sell your company is a very different game than to to just have a lifestyle business, right? And so Mm -hmm. we play the game based on what the client's goals and passions and purpose are. You know, if you have kids, you want to hand it down to, that's a different game, all these things. So we've got to know what's, what's our North star, what's the direction, what's the driving force for each of our clients to help draft a plan to help them get there.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about, that was the purpose. You got to be able to measure it, but let's really talk about this whole idea of a profit advisor, which is what you are and profit first methodology and why allocations. You know, we, we basically got it to a point where, um, The first thing we did was actually looked at all the products, such as example would be how much I would charge for a mural, an original painting, um, my cost uh, cost of goods for prints uh, versus what we're retailing them for, how much profit we're operating on, um, dissecting each and every one of our services, consulting, coaching, building a website, uh, building out brands, you name it. You know, because we do so many different things in our world down to selling books. What's our cost per book? What does it cost to drop ship fulfill? How profitable are we when we run ads? What's our cost per lead? You know, what you know, as we did that first get the house in order, we were able to look at the business structure similar to similar to Pam working with that creative to say, dude, are you really profitable? And do you need to change your business model? Do you need to change your actual products? Do you need to take a look at your services? You only have so much time in 365 days per year. There's only so much you can produce in that 365 days per year. And so if you're looking at it reverse engineering, how you want to end, like she said, where do you, what are we high-fiving to at the end of the year? You got to reverse engineer, rewind your way back, look under the hood of every single product and service. Then you can go into, okay, once income starts coming in, then you start to segment it into different classifications. I'll let you talk about the classifications, but you got to remember, we're talking on this episode. My business structure is based on this idea of we wanted to use it as um, underwriting for kingdom impact. And so our goal was to say, how can we be using the business to underwrite those things which are eternal with our our ministry partnerships that are national, um, international, local, We have a portfolio that we're sewing into, but every single Disney event that we do, every single art sale online, every workshop that we do, every website that we build, all of that comes in, but then we start to segment these allocations. And you're going to see how these buckets that we created um, just start to take shape and they start to build upon one another. Um, I will say this is probably one of the greatest thank yous of what, what I'm just so excited about was this. That three things happen: one, the owner gets paid first; two, your giving is totally dialed; three, when taxes come, there's no surprise, and you have it all sitting there waiting for you. So I'm just going to tell you, as she walks into the kind of the structure of how it works, when you have those things dialed, I can't tell you what it does for creativity. I can't tell you how much you can own your lane, but Pam. Talk about the freedom that comes with this profit first allocation.
1: Sure. Absolutely. So this methodology is from a book called profit first written by Mike Michalowicz and I stumbled upon the book, um, over 10 years ago, um, finally Reddit bought into it in uh, 2019, and have been. And I'm a certified profit first professional, which means I've been trained to implement this methodology. And ultimately, mm-hmm. what it comes down to is a way to manage your money differently. Instead of all money coming into one bank account and it being spent. All money comes into one income account and then with a regular cadence allocations are made out of that income account into other buckets, which are other bank accounts. So the Mm -hmm. book recommends having a owner's comp account, which to Noah's point means that means you as the creative, as the owner, you get paid more. The profit account, guess what? Also for you. (laughs) And then the tax Mm -hmm. account also for you. And then the rest goes into OPEX. So the typical uh, um, formula for business is sales less expenses equals profit. Well, in my opinion, that's the wrong formula because that is hoping Mm -hmm. and praying for profit rather than planning on it. So if you prioritize Mm -hmm. profit, it's sales less profit equal expenses. So as money comes in, a portion gets put to a bank account for your profit. It gets set aside. That's your reward for being a business owner. That's the money that we can use to aggressively pay down debt. That's the money that we can use for investment and wealth building. Mm
0: -hmm. Money
1: gets set aside for the IRS, not necessarily because we're going to pay it all to them, because we're going to have aggressive tax strategy. I would rather have a pile of money in the tax account and be able to use it for wealth building and tax deferred than to Mm -hmm. write a big check to the IRS owner's Mm -hmm. comp is to ensure that you, as the owner gets paid for some reason, there's a lie that says I shouldn't make money or I should sacrifice out the gate. um, because it's my business. If everyone everyone gets paid, but me, but here's the problem. Mm -hmm. If you're not getting paid, how are things at home? Right? How is your emotional (laughs) state? How's your spiritual walk if you can't pay bills? Right, If you're operating at a deficit, your entire life is operating at a deficit. So by using these accounts, you're paying yourself and making sure that your needs are being met. And then operating account is a smaller pile of money. And what's amazing is how quickly you learn to spend less. And by doing this system, We do something called an expense audit, which Noah, you and I have done a number of times where we go through and we look at the spending and we're like, oh, do we still need this? Do we need this subscription? Oh, I don't use that anymore. Oh, I meant to cancel that six months ago. When we Mm -hmm. do an expense audit, I can save 2 to 10% of your expenses simply because stuff's hitting your Amex that you forgot about or it might mm-hmm. be that your team's not efficient as you need them to be. There's another mm-hmm. creative um, that I worked with, he does branding and he we did this exercise of expense audit and we found out that his team wasn't optimizing their time fully. And so we created benchmarks and raised the bar of their performance and his costs stayed the same, but his production was higher, therefore, yeah more profit. And so yeah. if you're kingdom minded by doing these allocations of money, when you open your bank account, you have multiple bank accounts. You each one has a purpose. You know what you can and can't do with that money and you can be intentional about your money decisions. Can I pay myself? Absolutely. I'm setting that money aside. Am I prepared for taxes? Absolutely. I have money in a profit account, for a rainy day fund, for extras. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. This is what I have to run my company with and this is these, you know, this is what I have going forward. It's an amazing yeah. way to manage your money, to change your mindset. And we've seen phenomenal impact by doing this. We've yeah. done profit first with hundreds of companies and over and over, it's nothing but good. It's nothing well, but and,
0: impact. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting about that too is when the owner gets paid first, that keeps the creativity rather than the scarcity of I'll take whatever's left over or I'm going to keep it in the company so that it makes us more, you know, that's the thing is like, oh, you're serving the company versus the company serving you. That was the original intent, right? But the interesting thing about owner's pay, profit allocation that's going out, taxes that's going out. And then for us, we also have the allocation for for giving and stewardship. The other one is once all of that goes out, and you see what's in your OPEX account, what you're left to operate on. That is really, it's the reverse of what she told you in a good way that it actually shows you if you are profitable. Whereas before, you just start with everything in one bucket. If you don't have enough left over in your OPEX account after doing profit, after doing giving, after doing owners pay, after doing all of that, if you don't have enough in OPEX, you're not profitable. And it shows that you're running on a deficit. The sooner that you could find that out, the better. (laughs) So I just want to encourage everybody here, if you can and have the opportunity to get with Pam, to do an audit, to do a look under the hood, to do an assessment, to go through her process, it's not just, am I going to have a better company and have better results? It's higher quality of life. You get to play the game longer for life, right? You get to grow it. Not just flatline. The goal here is to grow exponentially and see those percentages go up. But in addition to that, <clears throat> it's like you're not gonna know unless you are willing to step on the scale and turn yourself in of saying, I don't know. I'm powerless over my numbers. It's like AA, hey, hey, I'm powerless over my books and my life has become unmanageable. Okay. Came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. That's Pam. <laughs> you know, but I just looked at it as um when we went through operation simplify and the worst of the recession and losing houses and Noah's autism and starting our companies and growing the brands, I remember it just being laid on my heart that if I want to do extraordinary things in this life and I want to build an extraordinary brand that God's entrusted to me, it is going to require extraordinary disciplines on my entire team. And that includes one of the biggest is the numbers. So not only will it give you higher quality of life and provide you unbelievable um, creativity to do what you do best, but you're paying for insurance. So that's why I try to tell all these entrepreneurs, it's like, dude, you can't afford not to do it, but your quality of life goes up. Somebody else gets to watch water boil. Every single day, you typically would wake up and look at water boil, is it in the account? And you're basing your self-worth on your net worth. And you're guessing at what your net worth is. Your goal is to actually get a report from Pam that tells you actually what your net worth is. And you know the number is right. And so I just want to, you know, there's insurance that comes along with that in your, your mind. You can sleep better. You can grow it. You have somebody looking, you know, behind you. You look in the mirror and you see yourself one angle. But when you have a team, when it comes to your numbers that is looking behind you, that's going to help you get those extraordinary results. I'm just telling you right now, it's not going to happen with luck. It's not just going to happen one day when you get money. If you want to grow money, you have to be willing to invest when you don't have it into a structure and a plan that's going to be there preparing you for what's to come. So I just just look at it as build reservoirs now and distribution pipelines now and then god brings the rain it's not going to be god brings the rain and then I'm going to build a pipeline and a distribution center i see pam as a part of that distribution center and the team is absolutely phenomenal um and lastly i would say this pam and i think you could like speak on this quite a bit this takes me by the way when i do allocations every week or every every, I do it twice a month. It Mm -hmm. takes me eight minutes per, per time. Yeah. I went from every day, multiple times checking email or checking my, my, you know, all of that, trying to manage it to twice a month, sometimes once a month and literally just the blood pressure way, way down in terms of it being a preoccupation. So just talk about the mental health aspect of it as an entrepreneur.
1: Sure. So it relieves the stress of staying awake at night. Do I have enough money? Can I cover this? Is payroll covered? When you use this methodology, you have bank accounts and you have money in each bank account for a certain purpose. You can pull it up, you look at it, you know exactly where you are. And when you do those Mm -hmm. allocations, it just reinforces, I have the money to run my company. I have the money to pay myself. I have the money to pay my people. Yeah. I have the money to grow my company, to, you know, all of the things that you need in your business and it relieves that stress. So to your point, instead of going in every other day and looking at your bank account and paying a bill and trying to figure out what, what was this for or where's that, when you have a team that's doing these things for you, it releases mm-hmm. that stress. When yeah. you look at your bank accounts, you have your bank accounts, you know exactly what each one is for. And it, I guarantee you it's a smile on your face. It's not a stressor for you anymore because you're like, man, look what God's doing, right? Like, wow, you know, he's utilizing your business. And to some, a comment you made earlier, it's like, you shouldn't want to make money. But as as a believer, if we're going to make impact, we need to do that out of abundance. We need to do that from a place of health, physically, mentally, spiritually, financially. Because if I, I'm a pastor's wife. My husband is a full-time pastor of our church. Um, But if I want to make impact for the kingdom financially, I have to have finances to do that. Mm. And if I want to help support kids go to camp that can't afford it, and if I want to help kids, you know, go on mission trips, and if I want to support young married couples, I need to have resources to do that. And through using this profit first system and through growing my comfort my companies profitably, I'm able to use that abundance to give back to the faith community to see impact. But if I were starving myself and I were limiting the growth of my company and I were not paying myself regularly and not monitoring my cash, I wouldn't be able to give. And so it speaks to the impact you have by having a profitable scaling company that you're managing your money well that you can have the impact you want in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. Stewardship of management of what's been entrusted to us um, weighs on me heav- he- heavily just because it's, it's a tall order. Uh, scripture talks about, you know, we've been given the blessing of being able to create wealth. That's number one. Number two, um, for me, it's the freedom of being an entrepreneur that I've been entrusted with that freedom. So I don't want to squander that time is of the essence. I want to create assets that go to work for us, right? Books, prints, courses, things like that. Um, But then, you know, looking at this whole idea of generosity and underwriting that, which is eternal, you know, you, you got to put kids through school. You got to put, you know, I want to talk about a little bit of the theology as to your basis of how you see that balance of what to give, how much, we know that the tithe is like t- training wheels, but um, there's seasons and I don't think entrepreneurs allocate for seasons, meaning, you know, you feel like you're raising kids forever. You're not, you're putting them through high school. Yes, it's expensive private school, but it's for a season. Um, you can refinance your house and get lower payments and put the kids through school and then take it back up and do double when they're out. And, you know, there's all these toggles that you can switch, right? And yeah, Um, but seasons determine stewardship based on what you need. One, you have your burn rate to take care of things and, and finance your lifestyle. Um, and every lifestyle, everybody's got a different lifestyle. Um, but we also have to understand stewardship says we don't own anything. It's all been entrusted to us, our home, um, our possessions. Speak to that a little bit about what you've encountered as believers in in terms of their approach as to how they see um stewardship seasons and allocations
1: sure yeah so the bible talks about seasons in life right you know and there's seasons as parents and as an entrepreneur where you have abundance and seasons where you're you know as scrappy as you can be just to get through Mm -hmm. because of covid and you've got a physical brick and mortar and then everything shuts down right like i had i have a lot of clients in the fitness space and so that was devastating. They literally couldn't sure. create revenue until we you know, revamped everything. So as, as an entrepreneur, having a rainy day fund, a vault account, a oh no fund is helpful because there is seasonality. Um, yeah. But with the wealth that you're building with your company, for me, it comes down to what are your values? What's important to you? So if what's important to you is being a present parent and a supportive spouse, then you need to spend your time and treasures there. Make sure that the kids know you're present, that you're at the soccer games or the ballet recitals. And if that means you make a little bit less, then you make a little bit less. Um, I'm in a very heavy season as a parent right now. We've got three children. And so I don't work as much as I could Because we have Mm -hmm. three kids with multiple sports and clubs. And while we do have help, I want to be there more than I'm not. And so you just need to understand that that's okay in your business, but I'm still keeping up with my numbers. I'm still tracking. I'm still Mm -hmm. heading in the direction I want at the moment, a little slower, but that's because of my choice as a parent, but also give me a couple of years and it's, a different story right because then mm-hmm. one of them's mm-hmm. driving and i don't have to be a chauffeur all the time that's
0: right that's right um,
1: and so if your if your priority is family and kingdom impact you know as a parent i believe there's three humans that my husband and i are solely responsible for introducing to the lord that matters right i also have a company of 10 women where i feel it's my job to allow them to have work-life integration where they can be wives and moms, but also amazing professionals get paid well for their job. But if the baby's crying or upset or sick, go do it. Your son breaks his arm doing something. Awesome. Like talk to you tomorrow. Right. Um, and I think entrepreneurs can get bogged down by the busyness of the company that they can, they don't always stop to see the bigger picture. So what I would encourage Mm. with the seasonality is what's, what's your true core values and what's important to you as a human? Because there's no amount of business success that outweighs failure at home. And I've seen many entrepreneurs flounder their role as a spouse or as a parent for the sake of their business, lose their situation at home and their business go to crap. Totally. And so I think the base of it is know what your priorities are. Understand that there's good, there's plentiful seasons, there's times of abundance and then there's seasons of famine. So with this management of money, have money set aside for the season of famine, but also don't go at, I would encourage you not to go so hard that you sacrifice what's truly important to you.
0: No, that's great. So Pam, anything, um, anything that you would love to wrap up on the show here? You know, we talked about the profit, um, scaling sales, your tax assessment. We talked about managing chaos that you can't just run your life on vanity metrics. Uh, we talked about the purpose of the company, the blueprint for allocations, making sure that those allocations and those buckets are set to really show how profitable that you are. It's not what you make. It's what you actually keep. Um, Again, that doesn't matter, you know, vanity metric of top, top line numbers. It really matters on what do you actually able to keep and be able to use. And, um, this whole idea of debunking, you know, don't make too much money. Otherwise you'll pay more in taxes, but really to blow the lid off of that and to go full blown as big as we possibly can so that we can be as generous as we possibly can. Um, we typically wrap up the show with, um, a couple of di- – uh, we usually wrap up the show with you get to ask me three, up to three, if you'd like, any questions that you have for me, whether it be a life hack, productivity, a favorite thing, something you don't know about me, or something that relates to even our topic. But you get the floor, and you can ask me anything you'd like.
1: Okay. Um, now that you have seen the other side of understanding finances, yeah, what did – what did you, what do you wish you knew then that you know now? Like, what's mm. the one thing when it comes to money that you're like, Ugh, if I'd only yeah. known this five years ago?
0: Yeah. Great question. And I think when you're in high school or you even go into college and people go, I want to do business. And then that's one route and they'll go and study business in school, but it's, you're still not doing business. You're learning about it. It's like theory, like business theory being in business is getting nails dirty, your hands dirty, you're slinging paint, you're building a business, you're managing taking care of yourself, the whole thing. And so I was in survival mode, as most know the story that when you're growing your business, you're throwing every bit of money back into it and you're just all in one all in the one lump. I wish I would have had the structure that we have now with what you and I are doing together. Had I had had it back then, I probably would have done a couple different things and it might not be that different, but it would be the allocations because I was still, I still had this idea of we're giving, we're living, you have burn rate money, you need money to invest in new projects, et cetera, but it was all out of one pot. And so it made it very, very cloudy. It was like dirty water. Like you just couldn't make sense of it. So I wish I would have had clarity back then in terms of that structure because it would have really really made things easier to understand what what I could play with for this time that I was in hey we've got capital we can launch this new initiative hey we've got you know we've got this um you know we can give more why because that's been allocated we don't need to we don't need to guess you know and then the last thing would have been that structure would have provided more uh, intentionality behind you saying, what do you want? What does that mean? That would have been something like, hey, I'm 23. How do I buy a million and a half dollar building? What am I going to need to do to buy a building so I don't spend 22 years in rent? Now, there's pros and cons to renting and things like that versus owning. However, having those things earlier on would have been really, really cool. However, God used that entire story for such a time as this. And over the last two years, we've been able to get that structure, get it optimized. And now it's growing from that. And I, and I will say this, I savor it. <laughs> because of the last, you know, all those years, I now savor it. So yeah, any other questions? I love
1: questions? that. I love that. Um, I'm trying to think of a fun one. Sure. If you weren't doing what you're doing right now, what would you do?
0: You mean the, the entrepreneurial Yeah.
1: Stuff? entrepreneurial path. Yeah.
0: Um, if I wasn't doing, gosh, that's like saying, you know, you can't be an entrepreneur. Uh, well, what's crazy is like my, what I do is multifaceted. So, you know, oh, I'd be an author while well, I'm doing that, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> doing that, you know, it's like building an agency, doing that, you know, um, <laughs> like, um, I would be, it was, it's another form of entrepreneurship, but it's like creating, um, my dream is a, a multiple space, uh, campuses that provide um, provide impact for family, you know, building family legacies via their business as a mission an institute an academy, you know, using the framework that we teach, but that being done on a property, um, model trains all over that property. It's going to feel and look like Disneyland, but it's, um, that's a lot of fun of like scratching that itch. Um, another part of it's though been, um, you know, there's, there's certain companies I'd love to be a CEO of. There's, there's, you know, I've thought can be a pastor, but then I'm like, I'm kind of integrated all of that into what we're doing. And it's an integrated yeah. lifestyle, you know? And so, um, I don't, I don't think I changed that for the world. One last question.
1: Um,
0: and it could even be a question of something that you don't know that you've always wanted to know. could hmm. even be like down to off topic, color, music, food, um any of that
1: favorite cereal
0: ooh heck yeah all day long okay so trader joe's makes an almond cluster vanilla almond cluster that is downright illegal okay so i love that <laughs> So I love the almond cluster at Trader Joe's. Okay. But if any any day, and I mean that's not very naughty. But if we want to go naughty naughty, you're gonna go like Cocoa Krispies. You're gonna go mm. like into Golden Grams. Like yeah. I can polish an entire entire bag. So. <laughs> There's no allocations when it comes to cereal. I can just tell you that right now.
1: Cereal, but, like um, get the punch bowl out and dump it all in. Oh,
0: no joke. No, like I'm talking like the, the silver bowl that you use for mixing a cake. Like I'll yeah. just dump the whole thing in there, right? <laughs> um, but man, Pam, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, being on the show. Let's talk about how, how those that are watching and listening can get in touch with you. We can put it in the show notes. Everything will be down there. Uh, we've already said that you can't afford not to do this to some degree to, you know, stop just guessing and stop wondering, but to truly step on the scale. And I, and I I just want to, to, to Pam's point, wrap it up by saying, drop the guilt, the shame. I know it sounds like embarrassing to some degree that you're going to, I call it the draw, you know, open the kimono and drop the fig leaf, man. Like Pam's like a doctor. She's here to literally help you get better. And, uh, you don't have to just sit in, in, um, denial or kind of like keeping it in the back of your mind, but truly stepping on the scale. So let's, let's talk about the ways that they can get a hold of you and, uh, how they can follow you and, and, and get in doing life with you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. So if anyone wants to chat, I would love to just go to pamjordan.com and it's J O R D A N pamjordan.com. And on social media, I'm Pam Jordan CFO.
0: Great. Well, you can check out the show notes below. Everybody, I want to say thanks for watching. I hope this has been tremendously helpful as a tool that, you know, this is educational to help you live and create a life by design. Um, A big part of your life and you having the life that you want to be able to have in terms of making an impact on your family, on your finances, on your friends, on on your relationships, and using your business as a mission doesn't happen by default. It happens by design. So get that structure get those parameters put in place so that you can have those disciplines. It really just boils down to disciplines of your finances. It'll pay you dividends that you can't even imagine and you'll be stoked. So um, thanks, Pam, again, for being on the show. Leave a comment down below, hit the subscribe button. Thanks so much for watching and I'd love to hear from you with a comment. Talk to you soon and see you on the next episode.